by the firelight. Welcome to another installment of Now Hear This Entertainment. I am Bruce Wozniak, and wherever you have found the show, thanks for listening. This podcast is widely available, so know that there are lots of options out there to listen and subscribe. The website is nhte.net and has lots from all episodes, plus links to social media and podcast listening platforms. Please spread the word about Now Hear This Entertainment. Last week marked the first episode following eight in a row that I had recorded on location in Nashville in July when I was at the Summer NAM show. Today, though, is not only a guest checking in from Nashville, but someone who was on this show close to four years ago, December 2015, on episode 95, although she was living in New York then. She is a singer, songwriter, guitar player who has a new single out, the third single she has released this year. She had a song on the 100th episode of the TV show Nashville, and she was a finalist in New York for Nash Next 2018, which spans 61 radio stations across 28 states. Her music has achieved placement on Spotify curated playlists, and she is extremely active performing in Nashville. You've been hearing her new single, entitled Reliving This Night. It's my pleasure to welcome back to Now Hear This Entertainment, Chloe Collins. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's so cool to be doing this with you again. Thanks for making time. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Yeah, I can't believe it's been, what is it, four years? That's crazy. Yeah, the episode came out in December of 2015, so we probably had recorded it in November. So, yeah, we're darn near up against almost four years. Wow. Listeners, Chloe and I met up for coffee when I was in Nashville in July, and wow, (laughs) a lot (laughs) has happened since you were on the show back in late 2015, but before we get to all that, tell the listeners about the song of yours that we were just playing called Reliving This Night. Yes, yeah, so this is my new single, and uh, I recorded it a few, a few months ago, and I'm really excited that it's finally out in the world. Um, it's been getting on a bunch of people's Spotify playlists, so that was super awesome. Um, but yeah, I just kind of wrote it because um, I was thinking of all those nights that you want to just relive, like just keep redoing it over and over. Mm. Um, And I was like, I feel like there should be a song for this. So I wrote this song and now it's out. (laughs) I like it. I like it. That's a good concept. You're talking about I this, I this, I this. Does that mean that you wrote this song by yourself? Yes, I did. Nashville is huge with co-writing, but I do love to write songs by myself sometimes. Well, you were only 15 years old when you were on episode 95 of this show, although even then you had already done some great things, notable venues that you had played at. You were living in New York, but catch us up as it relates to when and why did you move to Nashville and how has that been so far? Yes, so it's been great. I've been here for a year now, which is crazy. I just celebrated my Nashversary, I think they call it, (laughs) like the day I moved to Nashville a year ago. Um, And it's been great. It's very different from New York. 
but I love that the people here are so nice. <laughs> that is great. Um, and everyone's in the music community, so I have something in common with like everyone I meet. <laughs> so that's really cool as well. But yeah, I, I really love it. I'm, I wish I had made the move even earlier. I had been coming down here for a long time since I was about 14 or 15, mm. but then I finally moved here and I thought, hmm, I really should have done this <laughs> a long time ago. But I go to Belmont uh, University now and I'm a songwriting major. So I just thought it would make sense to finally make the move down here. <laughs> so was it, I'm going to go to Belmont, yay, I'm moving to Nashville? Or was it, I think I want to move to Nashville instead of going back and forth there all the time? And when I do, I should go to Belmont. Yeah, it was kind of the second one. I always wanted to move here, and then I found Belmont, and I thought, well, wow, that would be, you know, kind of convenient <laughs> moving to Nashville. And then I happened to go to school there as well, and I wanted to continue my education as well and not jump right into music. So I decided to do both at the same time. But yeah, I'm loving Belmont right now. It's great. Wow, that's a surprising answer because most people say, Bruce will say, so tell us when and why you moved to Nashville. And the guests will say, well, I go to Belmont. So I moved here because I'm going to Belmont. But in your case, it's the exception to the rule. It's no, I knew I always wanted to move here. And, oh, by the way, there happened to be this good school here. So that's, right. that, that's impressive. Yeah. I mean, it shows me, as we could tell four years ago, how committed you were because you were already playing really cool venues. But now here you are four years later you're saying, no, I moved to Nashville because it's Nashville. And, you know, it's a bonus that Belmont happens to be here. But I didn't only move here just because of Belmont. Right. Yeah. And I remember playing the Bluebird when I was 14 or 15. And even then I thought, OK, I'm going to look at houses. <laughs> I'm going to talk my parents into, you know, looking at some places to see and I moved my whole family down here I talked them into moving down here wow. and for some reason <laughs> they did it <laughs> and that was great that's tremendous that's tremendous and it doesn't hurt that the weather is a little bit better too <laughs> oh yeah it is nice and hot out there right now and that is great because <laughs> I am always very cold and New York was not good for that so <laughs> well compare the music scene in New York to the music scene in Nashville. In particular, I know from all the time that I've spent in Nashville that the music community there seems like you can count on playing live a lot. And mind you, the opportunities might be writer's rounds, but I get the sense that in New York, you have to really grind it out to get a gig somewhere. Am I on the right track here? Yes. Uh, New York, I used to play the bitter end a lot in New York, and that was great. And I think I played one writer's round in New York for the entire time I lived there. Mm. <laughs> Only one. Wow. And um, it's just, I think it's more of a thing in Nashville, uh, the rounds and things like that, because there's such a community here of songwriters that they want you all to meet each other and write together and, you know, collaborate and all those things. But in New York, I did have a ton of performance opportunities, which I'm so grateful for. But at the same time, when I got here, you know, now I'm playing about four shows a week. <laughs> it's so much more than I had there because there are so many more songwriters and musicians and everything here. Um, and I love the community back in New York and they helped me get started and things like that. But I'm 
also so happy that I'm in Nashville because now I know so many people who are my age or even older or younger that are doing the same thing and chasing the same dream. And it's kind of inspiring to have that support around you. So it's really cool. Okay. But a lot of times I'll have a guest on who is somewhere that they've relocated to and they'll say, oh, but I still make sure that I keep my roots where I was, or I should say not my roots, but I keep my contacts back there. And I do go back and still perform because they feel that they've built up enough of a following back there that they can justify going and playing shows and still getting people to come out and see them. But you mentioned that your family moved with you. So do you have any reason to to go back to New York in the year that you've been gone? Have you gone back, quote unquote, just to perform? Will you go back just to perform? Or is it New York was great. I'm not going to say anything bad about it, but I'm done. Well, I actually have gone back a few times and I want to go back and play the bitter end again because that would be really cool and (laughs) nostalgic for me. Um, but yeah, I have, I still have a lot of friends who live there and I go and visit them all the time and they would come to my shows and things like that. But I love New York and Nashville. It's it's so hard to compare them because I was in New York for so long and that, you know, that's where I got started with songwriting and performing and all that. Um, but I think I would definitely go back and play a bunch more shows there because there was a community there. It's different here, but they did have one there. <laughs> and it's cool to see all those people again and perform and, you know, go to their shows and things like that. So I'd definitely go back. Yeah. And I guess I'm thinking specifically of, granted, it's a huge difference geographically going from Nashville to New York. But back on episode 236 of the show, I interviewed Carly Joe Jackson. We were down in Miami and she was about to leave Miami to move to Orlando. But she said, I'm still going to keep coming back and forth and I'm still going to come to Miami. I built up so much here. I have so many venues. I have so many followers. It makes sense. It's drivable. But in your case, I'm not trying to ask you to compare it or to talk badly about New York. I just wondered, would you get on a plane and go as far as New York just because there are still shows, there are still followers, there are still reasons for me to go? Or is it a case of New York was great, but I'm just done. I don't really have a need to go there anymore. I would definitely go back to play shows because, yeah, again, with the whole building up a following thing, I was there for 17 years. Mm. And so I really, you know, had so many people that would come to my shows and support my music and all those things that I think if I went back and played a bunch of shows, I could get, you know, a bunch of the people from my following to come and watch. And I would definitely go on a plane to get back. I mean, I already did uh, two months ago. (laughs) And um, just to, you know, see everyone again, but I want to schedule some shows and definitely go back because yeah, there's so many great venues and everything there. Nice. Well, listeners, if you've been with me for five and a half years, thank you. And from listening to the show, or if you're just someone who's kind of in the music industry, you know of names like The Bitter End, you know of names like The Mint in LA, you know of names like Eddie's Attic in Atlanta. These are vaunted music venues. Chloe, this is where I'm going to spin it and say you are only 19, and you said that you played at The Bitter End a ton, and that you'd love to go back and play there again. How is someone that is age 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, getting so many bookings at a place like The Bitter End? 
Well, I had been going there to see friends perform and things like that. And of course, I couldn't <laughs> get in when I was 14 and 15. But um, I would bring my parents and they were like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> we'll let you in just for this. But I just uh, made contacts there and networked wow. a lot with a bunch of different songwriters and booking wow. people. And I kind of just booked all my own shows. And uh, there were a lot of open mics in New okay. York that I would play. And then that venue would have other shows. And I'd get to play those shows because they saw me at the open mic and just things like that. And I've done the same thing in Nashville, too. I would play a bunch of open mics or go to a friend's writer's round or something like that. And then I would meet the host and the host would say, oh, we'd love to have you. And then I'd play that show. And it kind of just, I built up this network of, you know, venues and things that I could play that I am now, you know, regularly playing yeah. every week. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. <laughs> well, the bitter end, I was just wondering if you were going to tell me, well, my uncle is the manager there, you know, or uh, <laughs> the guy that lives two doors down is the owner or whatever, because a place like that, you know, no disrespect to the other places that you do play at, but I mean, that's the bitter end. I mean, that's a place that people know about as a music venue. And so it's not easy for just anybody to get booked there. And here you were just anybody and you got booked there. So <laughs> that's that's good. It's good perseverance by your part. Good, good dedication. Yes. Well, I I love the bitter end. It, and it is legendary. It's wild to know the list of people who have played there. <laughs> it's kind of intimidating. And that was the same thing I got when I went to the Bluebird. I was like, wait, who played on this stage? That's <laughs> insane. Um, but yeah, I've been so fortunate to play the bitter end like too many times to count mm. actually awesome. <laughs> but it's one of my all-time favorite venues awesome well there's something that you just started to mention that i want to revisit because it brings up kind of the the chicken or the egg question which is that i know that you most people who live there and, and perform there i know that you meet a ton of people by playing in writers rounds in nashville but which comes first? Do you write with someone and they invite you to play in a writer's round or do you play with someone in a writer's round and then get asked to write with them? And then maybe you can give us an example of one or both of those having happened to you. That is a great question because I'm. it might be different for everybody, but for in my case, I would play it round you know, get to know the host and then play the round. And then the people on the round would say, Hey, I'd love to write with you. And then mm. I'd write with them. And then <laughs> they would invite me to play their round. So oh. it was kind of this ongoing <laughs> cycle of just, Hey, you play mine. Okay, let's write. Hey, I just had a show. Let's do that. And it kind of just keeps going. And I think that's why I have gotten so many shows in Nashville, because I've written with everyone I possibly can. And then they say, hey, my friend is the host of this thing. And then it just kind of spirals into another show and things like that. So I think um, the round for me, the round would come first, because then we'd all hear each other's music and say, hey, you're pretty good, we should write together. Mm, and it okay. would just go on like that. And that's a great teaching moment. Because listeners, we've said lots and lots of times, on NHTE episodes over the past five and a half years that, no, you're not going to hit it off with everybody that you co-write with. And unfortunately, you just can't win them all. But here's a lesson from Chloe where it's don't go into the right saying, oh, well, it didn't work out. 
it's not just going to work out with anybody and you walk away because you don't know who that person might know. And if they have a decent experience with you, they might say, hey, you know what? You should come and play at this, you know, or my best friend is or whoever. So maybe the maybe the right doesn't go well and maybe you don't come up with a great song, but it could lead to opportunities like those which Chloe's describing right now. Yes. And it's actually so funny because that has happened to me so many times. Um, I just played a show because I was on the host list to play the show. And then he said, oh, this guy that I wrote with, he had written a song with you. So he played me the song you guys wrote together. And I thought it was great. So now I wanted to have you on the show next week. And like, it's just crazy how that kind of stuff comes together like puzzle pieces. Wow. Yeah, and understand, listeners, if you've never been to Nashville, you don't know about writer's nights, when Chloe's using the word host, it doesn't necessarily mean that that person is performing in the round. Sometimes they will, sometimes they won't. Sometimes it'll be at the very end. There's different formats. But the host is someone that you got to be courteous to everybody. But the host is someone that will run it, that will book it. And that, like I said, even if they're not performing in it, it's still someone that you want to get to know because you could have happened to you what Chloe just described happened to her. I didn't mention this in the intro, listeners, but Chloe also has charted in two significant places that I'm going to ask her about. But first, I have to tell you that this is my first NHTE recording back at home base since episode 284, and it's great to be back in front of my recording rig which consists of all Tascam gear. You've heard me talking about them for quite some time now. I wonder what of theirs do you use? They recently rolled out new headphones, the TH-06s. Even the legendary Alan Parsons uses Tascam equipment, in addition to many others that I've talked about and talked to here on NHTE. Check out everything from audio interfaces to mixers to microphones and accessories at Tascam.com. That's T-A-S-C-A-M.com. If you want to drop me an email, podcast at NHTE.net. Let me know about what Tascam gear you use. Someone contacted me for some Tascam recommendations, some kind of advice, and I'm happy to do that as well. Write to me at podcast at NHTE.net. Chloe, is it just a coincidence that you moved to Nashville and one of your songs ended up being on the 100th episode of the TV show Nashville, or on the contrary, was that a direct result of living in Music City? How did that placement happen? So that was completely a coincidence, and I tell that story on stage sometimes because it's just so crazy how that played out, but I was just starting to pack up to move to Nashville. And I was actually getting really nervous about it because everyone here is so talented and such a great songwriter that I got really intimidated. And I thought, hmm, you know, I'm double, you know, I'm thinking about this move. Maybe I'm not so sure if I'm supposed Mm. to move to Nashville. But then right in the middle of all that, I got this email saying that they had the people who do the music for Nashville had found my song on the Wild Country Spotify playlist 
and they loved it and they wanted to use it in the 100th episode of the show Nashville. Wow. And I thought, I feel like that's a good omen for moving to Nashville. <laughs> like, maybe I'll be okay. <laughs> so it was really crazy how that just kind of was such a great coincidence right there. Like, it could have been any show, but it happened to be Nashville when I was moving to Nashville. So that was crazy. Okay, so in this day and age where, unfortunately, we've all become so jaded and we get these emails that sound too good to be true was it no there was no question bruce i looked at it and i could tell the minute i opened it that it was legit or was it this sounds too good to be true who is this I thought it was spam. (laughs) I thought it was a spam email and someone was tricking me and I almost deleted it. But then I was like, wait, let me just look up this name. And it was, you know, the people who worked on Asheville and it was legit. And um, I showed it to my parents. I said, are you sure this is, is this for real? (laughs) Like this seems, again, it seems too good to be true. Seems Mm. like it couldn't possibly happen, especially with moving to Nashville, I thought, oh, maybe this is a friend playing a joke on me or something. <laughs> like, this can't really happen. But yeah, I definitely thought that was not <laughs> real. And even when I was watching the episode and they played my song, I had mm. to watch it twice because I thought, <laughs> oh, that didn't, that was just in my head. Like, I just made that up. <laughs> who wrote this email? Is this that Bruce <laughs> from 2015 who inter- interviewed me on Now Hear This Entertainment? Come on, this is a joke. They're not going to use yeah, my song. Yeah, he's just playing with me. <laughs> Wow. Well, so what happens next? Is it, look, we've done this 99 episodes before we got to you, just do what we say? Or does Chloe Collins say, I need to have an entertainment attorney get involved in this? How does that, you know, what, other than clicking reply to the email and saying, thanks, (laughs) sure, okay. Do you do anything else or, or do they just take everything from there? Yes. Well, I had to sign a contract and uh, it was all this stuff and they had to use it in this scene. Uh, They weren't singing it. So I think it might have been more complicated if (laughs) that was what was happening. But uh, I sang it and they featured it in this uh, scene where the character Juliet is looking for the best of the best in Nashville. And then her manager comes to her and plays her my song so that was Mm. wild um but yeah it was this I had to get a lawyer (laughs) and sign a contract I had had songs in shows like Heartland and things like that before so I kind of knew the drill but um yeah it was a whole process and it took a while and I couldn't (laughs) I couldn't tell anybody Uh, for about three months and that was the worst thing ever (laughs) because people would come and they'd say oh like how are you doing what's new and I I had to say nothing (laughs) I said no nothing exciting is happening definitely not (laughs) yeah just like when people are going through the voice or American Idol and they're told you're not to tell anybody that you're going through this right now. We'll tell you when it's time and they just have to act like nothing's going on in their music life. Uh, Similar to the question about how your song ended up on Nashville, there's a song of yours that we're going to play at the end of today's show that charted as high as number one on New Music Weekly and on the Music Row magazine country breakout chart. Do those just happen Or did you or did someone on your behalf, quote unquote, submit towards those opportunities? So that was also very similar to Nashville because 
uh, the new music weekly magazine has a chart and then the music row magazine, uh, they both have these charts and my songs were on, uh, a few Spotify editor curated playlists. And I think those just have such a far reach. Like I think wild country has about 700,000 followers, something Mm. in that range. And you know, a lot of those people are the people who run, those charts and things like that and um i think it was the same thing like nashville they found it and then i saw online (laughs) they they didn't contact me they just posted oh it's on the chart now and and i get that sometimes with uh indie radio stations they start just playing my music and i didn't even submit it and i'm like great i hope this happens forever (laughs) but uh yeah that was really crazy and it went to number one on new music weekly which was wild because i was up there with runaway june and Marin morris and people like mm. that and then i uh yeah music row it got up to 80 and then it kept climbing and once it gets to 80 it gets officially published in the print magazine so that was really crazy to see <laughs> but in other words you just quote unquote found out they never emailed you and said hey congratulations you're on the chart and you watched it from there you from day one you just found out all on your own Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of crazy because I, I, you know, I read both those magazines and then to suddenly be like, wait, is that my, is that my song? Am I, is am my eyes tricking me or something or is this really happening? <laughs> Look at this. There's a song on this chart. I, I have a song out by the same name and the artist is Chloe. Con- wow. What a coincidence. Oh my gosh. How I know this isn't is mine. That? Wait a minute. <laughs> I know they would have emailed me if this was my song. <laughs> Amazing, amazing. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is... In the spirit of having a return guest, if enough time has passed, it is okay to try to go back on a show that you'd been on in the past, but you still have to have something going on to merit the booking, and not just because it's been a while. Always remember that people who book guests on shows need to have an angle. Do you have a new single or a new album out? Maybe you've got some big announcement that you just made? Just like any song needs a good hook, so does a media appearance so that the show knows what warrants having you back on now. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. That's really great to know, isn't it? Very helpful, right? Bruce gives out a tip just like that on every episode of this show, and there's an easy way to get all those that he gave out over the first 160 episodes. The ebook series called Bruce's Bonus Book contains four volumes and they're all available for purchase and immediate download at www.brucesbonusbook.com. Order yours now for helpful tips that you can apply to your career right away. Chloe, I have to imagine that moving to Nashville has opened up a list of personal experiences that you can draw from to write songs as opposed to if you had stayed in New York. Am I right? What I mean is just merely moving to another state and seeing 
all that there is in Music City. So I'm not even talking about going into co-writes with other people who have their own ideas, just your experiences of being 19 now and living these last 12 or so months since you moved to Tennessee. It's got to be like, oh, thank you. Now there's all kinds of new stuff for me to draw from to write new songs. Yes, it's been amazing because this city really just oozes music. Like every restaurant, every, you know, place that could possibly have music has music. (laughs) And you just walk down the street and you hear a bunch of people playing songs. And sometimes I just walk in and just listen to the artists and see what they have to say. And hearing other music really inspires my music, not even just getting the ideas from their songs, but their songs inspire me to get my own ideas. And then I write those into songs. And just seeing how tight knit this community is. I've only been here a year. And I already know so many people here, which is crazy, because I thought it would take much longer (laughs) than just a year. But um, yeah, just to know so many great people, and we all write together, and then we kind of rise up together. And it's just, it's so fun to do that. But it has really inspired my songwriting so much. I must write a song almost, at least I try to write almost every day, (laughs) or a a bit Mm. of it or an idea or something. And just, I mean, just walking the streets, as I said, and Broadway is a great place. There's so many people singing out there. And it's just, it's so lively. (laughs) It's so fun. Well, yeah, it's not unlike listeners a few weeks ago, episode 288, in particular, with Carl Walkner, I had interviewed him at the Summer Nam show in Nashville, and literally two days later, I was walking down the street and heard live music coming from somewhere and stopped and turned my head and looked inside, and there was Carl Walkner on stage performing, and you go, okay, I mean, this is a, a no-brainer, let's go in and listen to Carl. But yeah, you know, I like what you're saying about about the move and the way it opened your eyes to all kinds of new life experiences, because even earlier when you were talking about here you were packing up, getting ready to move to Nashville and questioning yourself and saying, this is a major life decision I'm about to make. Am I doing the right thing? That in itself could inspire a song as opposed to had you stayed in New York, you would never have had that experience to say, hey, I could write a song about that. So I like that you're seeing so many things that you wouldn't otherwise see that you go, okay, this is going to inspire all kinds of songwriting ideas for me now. Right. And it is such a big leap from New York and it was tough and I was so nervous. And I think going through with it, yeah, as you said, going through with it alone was enough to inspire me and say, hey, look, I did it. Like I really got here. I packed up my whole life and I moved and now I'm here and, you know, Belmont and everything. And it was really emotional and stressful <laughs> to move, but I'm so happy I did it because I've written so many songs. Wow. I don't even know how many. Wow. <laughs> I was just going to say a number and I was like, I don't even know. <laughs> Maybe it's a hundred more than that. Who knows? <laughs> well, I do want the listeners to go back and hear episode 95 when you and I talked in late 2015. And listeners, I will put a link to that on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. But Chloe, just to give everyone the perspective now anyway, talk about what had inspired you to start writing songs. 
Yes. So I was eight years old when I started writing songs. And I had actually, as an eight-year-old does, I had just seen the Hannah Montana movie. <laughs> and I was a huge fan of hers at the time. Um, and actually, Taylor Swift happened to be in that movie. I didn't even <laughs> realize that <Wow>. then. <laughs> but uh, I saw the movie for my eighth birthday, I think it was. And then the next day, I just picked up a guitar that I had that was kind of just it wasn't a toy, but it wasn't like a real guitar. It was just this tiny little thing just to play around with. And I was determined to learn Butterfly Fly Away from the movie. And I just loved it so much. And I thought, this is it. I'm going to do it. I'm just going to learn it finally. And I played it for about 13 hours in total that day. I just <laughs> would not take my hands off the guitar. I just kept playing it over and over until I had mastered it. And I never took guitar lessons. Once I did that, I just kind of mm. got to teach myself a bunch of chords. And I wrote my first song within that week, I think. I don't even know. I think that movie had just been so <laughs> inspiring that I just decided to start writing. And it just kind of took off from there. But yeah, so Hannah Montana. I thank go. her every day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville by singer, songwriter, guitar player Chloe Collins. Check her out on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. Her music is on Spotify, so do follow her on there. But she is a college student, so she could use some extra money in her pocket. It's not cheap to live in Nashville, as you heard Shannon Lauren Callahan say a few weeks ago on episode 291. Purchase downloads of Chloe's music from iTunes and other online music retailers. Keep up with her online so you can see where and when you can go see her perform live, especially if you're in or going to be in Nashville. I want to thank those that have clicked on the Amazon banner on nhte.net to go do your online shopping. That does kick back a small percentage of the sale to me at no extra cost to you, and that helps me with some of the many costs associated with doing a new episode of this show every week. You've heard me talk about the Patreon for Now Hear This Entertainment, but if that's just not your thing, yet you are someone who buys from Amazon a lot, help me out that way. Just go to nhte.net, click on the tall Amazon banner, and then that's it. Shop as normal. Amazon will take it from there. I know you're probably just used to going directly to your Amazon app on your phone and starting that way, but take just that one extra step so you can help now hear this entertainment. I really do appreciate it. Chloe, with all the studios and all the producers to pick from in Nashville, once you got there, how did you pick where you would record and who would produce your music? I mentioned in the intro that you've put out three singles this year alone. Yes, so I have worked with a bunch of different people. I started working with people in New York, and then I didn't <laughs> really know anyone in Nashville before I moved here. And I thought, you know, who am I going to work with when I get here? But I had a friend of a friend who <laughs> had a friend in Nashville, and they said, hey, they're a studio person. It would be really great if you worked with them. And so I, I ended up working with uh, Mikey Reeves for my first EP called Five at Fifteen when I was 15 years old. And one of the songs off that EP was the song uh, on the 100th episode of Nashville. So that was really crazy and full circle because he was the first person I ever worked with in Nashville. Mm. But that is how 
things happen a lot. I feel like in Nashville, it's a friend of a friend or, oh, my friend's cousin runs this event or things like that just connect in strange and cool ways. But I worked with him and then he got signed to Universal. So he was a bit dizzy. (laughs) So I had to work with somebody else. And I've just been working with a bunch of different people. And even Belmont has a bunch of great producers because Uh they're, you know, technology, audio engineering majors. And they say, hey, I've got a studio in my dorm room. (laughs) Let's let's try something. See how this works. And it's just cool to meet a bunch of different people that way and just work on different songs and just see how they come out. Nice, nice. Well, congratulations, by the way, on more than a 1,000 subscribers on your YouTube channel. Everyone always says that the key is consistency. Once you hit a plateau like that, meaning a 1,000 subscribers, do you feel more pressure to create more new video content more regularly to post there? I think so because I have not been keeping up with YouTube as much as I should be. I uh, post lyric videos and things like that all the time, but I don't really post that many live videos. And even my friend came up to me the other day and she said, you have so many songs. Why aren't they on YouTube? Where can Mm. I find them? And I I just, yeah, I definitely want to get more content out there. And I have been really busy with shows and everything. But I do want to get more stuff for people to watch because now that there are a thousand people watching, I do want them to have something to watch and not just have to wait three months and then see a lyric video. So that's my next plan. I'm definitely going to work on some more live videos and just uh, lyric videos as well and get more content out there. Okay. Yeah. And listeners, you're getting a idea now of what it is like to be in Nashville and to have to juggle all the different things that Chloe's been talking about when you're talking about writer's rounds or just co-write sessions or whether it's actually recording music, you know, not to mention that she's a student. And then all of a sudden you say, well, gosh, I got a thousand subscribers. I think it's a thousand six as of today when we're recording. I have a thousand six subscribers on my YouTube channel. I owe them something. Where am I going to find time to do that? So I like, Chloe, that you're saying I got to get some live stuff up there because listeners, I always say, like, don't overthink it. You know, if you don't have the time to storyboard a video and you don't have to do it with much of a budget at all, uh, again, talking about that Shannon Lauren Callahan episode from a few weeks ago, you don't have to have all kinds of money to produce it. But if you just say, you know what, I do need something new on my YouTube channel, I'll just get my next live performance up there, great. Then you gave people something new that they otherwise wouldn't get to see, especially if they don't live in Nashville. So good foresight by you, Chloe, to say, I need to get something live put up there next. Yeah, and it's also, it is really tough when you're doing everything yourself because I do edit all my videos and some people ask me, oh, who does your videos? I say, no, that's, (laughs) that's me on my laptop. Just, you know, three hours of working on Final Cut or iMovie or something like that. Just trying to make it look, (laughs) look decent. Um, But, and booking my own shows and everything. Mm. I think that is a struggle for a lot of national musicians who are independent who just have to do everything themselves and keep up, you know, social media and YouTube and all that kind of stuff and just get content out there for the listeners and wow. for the fans and things like that. Wow. But I love doing it. It's I couldn't do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> listeners, last week I introduced a new addition to the show, which is the Access Vegas newsletter. Right away I got someone that emailed me saying that they want to sign up for it. Great. 
go do it. You don't need to contact me. <laughs> go to nhte.net and click on the Access Vegas logo and use the promo code Bruce and get $5 off when you sign up for their newsletter. As you heard me say last week, I'm going to be heading to Vegas real soon. I'm doing a speaking engagement there on October 7. So I'm definitely going to be digesting all the tips inside the Access Vegas newsletter. Everything in there is instant access. So you don't have to track down or worry about having coupons. Some of the hotel ATMs in Las Vegas charge upwards of $10 per withdrawal these days. But Access Vegas will tell you the cheapest and free ATMs on the Strip. You even get access to two years of back issues so you can find out what you missed and get up to speed on the current Las Vegas, which is important since it's always changing there. Time is too precious to waste not being in the know. Go to nhte.net, click on the Access Vegas logo, and put in the code BRUCE to get $5 off when you sign up for their newsletter. Chloe, you and I joked about this a day or two ago as we were planning towards today's interview, but darn it, school is just getting in the way <laughs> of your music yes, career. And, and I'm only half kidding because I have to imagine that it's tough to decide on a potential opportunity music-wise versus a class that you have scheduled at the exact same time or coming home late at night after performing and knowing you have a test the next day. Talk about all that. Yes, well, that just happened a few days ago, actually, because I did an NSAI songwriter spotlight on WSM, and I had to go to the Opryland <laughs> uh, Hotel, and it was right when I had French class, and it was literally the second week of school, and probably just the second class, and I was already like, you know what, I gotta skip today, <laughs> I can't, wow. I just can't come in, because I do go to a music school, and, you know, music is my priority and they know that and I have so many friends who had to skip classes for things like that and it's tough because then you have to work on the homework and all those kinds of things mm. and yes I have you know I played I think it was whiskey jam and it was at 11 p.m at night and then I had to get up for an 8 a.m class the next day and wow. that's just Nashville for you wow. but you know it, I'm, it's fun it is fun to try and balance it and see you know how much of this can I do before I, <laughs> it's too much but um yeah I've been doing that for the past few weeks and it is fun to kind of just bounce around. I go to class and then I go straight from there to a meeting and straight from there to a show and then a write and then all this stuff. So it's, it is tough, but it is kind of fun at the same time. Well, and I don't want to condone skipping classes, but I think it boils down to this. You can skip a class and say, all right, I've got to make up the work at some point. Or you could say, I've got to go to class. I'm just going to have to pass up on that opportunity. And oh boy, now there's lots and lots and lots of people who are going to jump on that opportunity. You also have to wonder, will that person who I'm telling, I can't, I have a class, ever come back to me with another opportunity? Or are they going to say, oh, no, wait a minute, Chloe's a student, I can't go to her. So I imagine that that has to factor largely in your decision making when it comes to, yeah, I got to pick this music thing over school. Yes, is, you know, really difficult because sometimes I think, oh, I'll just, you know, this isn't whatever and then suddenly my friend gets to do the thing that I didn't get to do as you said mm. and it's oh I should have taken that and um 
with that WSM interview, I said, oh, is it possible to do it at 11 a.m.? And they said, you know, it's really at 1030. And I don't want to be the person that they skip because they think, oh, well, she's going to say no because she has class. And I, you know, I want to take every opportunity I can possibly get and shows that are at midnight. (laughs) And, (laughs) you know, if it's a good show and even if it's just an open mic, like I want to do as much. I don't want school to hold me back. But I also want to do well in school. <laughs> it is a balance. But um, yeah, I've been so far. I've been able to do both. Uh, maybe it'll come to a point where I can't do both. But at the moment, I am able to balance it pretty well and just do homework in the studio when I'm waiting to do vocals, and then oh. <laughs> I study for the test when I get home, and then I do it the next day, and just kind of that stuff. But because it is national, and because it is a music school. They are very understanding. You know, I, I told them I had an interview for NSAI and they said, that's, you know, it's okay. You're just missing one. <laughs> like if it's six absences, that's a problem. But <laughs> Yeah, I have to imagine that the faculty at Belmont is used to students missing class because of a music opportunity that came up. But you made an excellent point a few minutes ago. You were talking about, because obviously listeners, you know, we all know the expression, you never know who might be there. And you do hate to, as you said, Chloe, pass something up, someone that you know picks it up instead, and then that person comes back to you and says, wow, oh my gosh, that thing was awesome. You'll never guess what ended up happening, and you go, oh gosh, I don't even know that I want to hear this. You know, so-and-so was there, or I got offered this, or I got offered that, and you say, you know, I just as well not have even known how it turned out. <laughs> right. And that it is actually so crazy because that happened to me when I did play Whiskey Jam. I think I closed the show and it was at 11 p.m. And I thought, oh, gosh, what's, you know, I have a glass. What's going on? Like, let's whatever. Maybe this was a bad idea. But I had so much fun on stage and the crowd was really fun and interactive. And then, surprise, surprise, Randy Travis was in the audience. Whoa. And I he called me over after my set and he said I loved your music so mm. much and his wife was there and it was just the most insane (laughs) I cried I was so Mm. emotional and it was just wild and that is such a thing in Nashville like you never know who's in the audience and who's going to be there even if it's a show with nobody there which wasn't even the case then but sometimes it's like two people in the audience but one of the two people happens to be a publisher at this company or whatever it is so it's just kind of crazy how that works (laughs) because you've mentioned it a couple times tell the listeners what whiskey jam is yes so whiskey jam is at winner's bar on I don't know what the street is, so I don't know why I said that. But yes, it's Winner's Bar in Nashville, and it is so fun. I played it twice. It is a huge crowd thing, and they get bands and a bunch of unsigned artists uh, just to come play. And it's really, it's a fun, you know, good vibes kind of thing, um, much more rowdy than Writer's Round. And you get to put on a full show. And I love those kind of shows I just did bus call which is another kind of show like that where you have a band and you get to um play for a bunch of people and they're all cheering and stuff so those are definitely 
like my favorite. I love writer's rounds because they're so intimate, but sometimes you kind of just want to rock out and <laughs> like be full of energy and things like that. So yeah, I love Whiskey Jam. It's one of my favorites in Nashville. But listeners understand that when she goes and performs at something like Whiskey Jam, it's not just her. So Randy Travis didn't have to say that. It's not, okay, we came and saw this girl. I guess I have to see something nice. He saw and heard a lot of people perform and he singled out Chloe. So Congratulations. That's obviously a, a huge feather in your cap and had to make you feel like a million bucks, regardless of how late it was. Yes, it was. It was so crazy. I still think about that. And I think, did that really happen? Was just, <laughs> that's some weird dream I had. Or <laughs> like Randy Davis was in the audience at one of my shows. Are you sure? <laughs> well, good for you, though, because uh, yeah. here you are only 19 years old. And you've had a lot of did that really happen to me moments already between the song being on the 100th episode of Nashville, between charting as high as number one, between the Randy Travis compliment. So all good stuff. We are out of time, but uh, before we let you go, we're going to close today with another song of yours called Lying. So tell the listeners all about this song that they're about to hear. Yes. So this song was on the Wild Country Spotify playlist as well, which was really crazy. Um, And this was, I have a lot of instances of liking someone and they have no idea that I like them. (laughs) And I feel like a lot of my friends have been in that position and a lot of just people in general. And I thought, you know, I don't hear so many songs about that and I wanted to write one. And uh, so then I wrote this song and to see how far it's gone with Spotify and all that is just so crazy. I don't even know how many <laughs> streams it has, but it's wild. Um, but yeah, so that's this song. And uh, thank you for having me. This was so fun. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, it's great to have you back. Just back up for a minute, though, and, and hold my hand through that description. So you've had a lot of instances of liking someone and they didn't even know about it. So how do you connect that to the title Lying? Oh, yes. So I'm, <laughs> I jumped ahead a little bit there. I, uh, the line is, if I don't love you, then I'm lying. And the whole thing is, you know, I know everything about you. And, you know, I know every detail and we're friends, but you don't know that I want it to be more than that. <laughs> and mm. um, it's, it's tough. It's, to me, it's kind of the hardest kind of love to feel just have a super huge, you know, crush on someone and they just have absolutely no clue. Like everything you do, they just don't know at all. And it's kind of heartbreaking. And I've had so many friends tell me the same story like, oh, I like this guy. And he just, he didn't like me back because he just didn't even know that I liked him. And, you know, if you're kind of shy like me <laughs> and you don't really want to say anything like, hey, let's get coffee sometime, then you just kind of leave it be. So that's why I wrote this song. And yeah, it's if I don't love you, then I'm lying because nice. obviously I'm lying to myself and I'm <laughs> lying to you because I clearly love you. So. <laughs> awesome. Good stuff, Chloe. Thanks again for making time amidst your busy schedule to talk with me today. It was great to have you back on the show. Yes, thank you for having me. My pleasure. And uh, we'll see you again up in Music City, hopefully sometime soon. Yes, definitely. Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, guitar player, Chloe Collins. Do be sure to engage with her on social media. Like her Facebook page, subscribe to her YouTube channel, and then watch and like the videos on there. Follow her on Twitter and on Instagram. 
For that matter, tell her you heard her and her music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Remember that while her music is streaming on Spotify, and I'm sure that she'd appreciate you following her on there, one of the better ways that you can support Chloe is by purchasing downloads of her music. Head to iTunes and other online music retailers, and be sure to keep up with her online to see where and when you can see her perform live, especially if you're in or near or will be in or near Nashville. Again, my thanks to those of you going through the Amazon banner on NHTE.net to get over to them to shop online. I was excited to get the recent monthly email from them and see that they were making a small deposit in my bank account. That helps the show, and it's because of listeners to this show doing something as simple as this. Look, you already buy from Amazon as it is, right? So (laughs) help me out, help the show out. And when you know you're going to get something from them, instead of heading right to their app, just go to nhte.net, click on the tall Amazon banner, and voila, let that take you there instead. And at no extra cost to you, they will kick back a small percentage of the sale to me. Thank you. So we've reached the end of episode 294. We'll send you out today with another song from Chloe Collins. This is the one she just talked about. It's called Lying. Town Street. I've been counting down the days to your sister's anniversary. And babe, I bet you didn't know I can count the colors in your eyes. And I swear I can't see anything when you flash me that smile. All the nights in your truck flying down to And I wore it by the fire Well, it's hung up in my closet Next to a picture of us And it's sitting there with our potential Both collecting dust All the nights in your truck flying
lying. Can't keep lying. 